All right, folks, so I just published my fourth book called You Can Retire on Social Security. Just go to Amazon.com, type in my last name, S-C-A-N-D-L-E-N, Scandlin, S-C-A-N-D-L-E-N. And all my books show up there just right for you to pick and choose from. I encourage you to buy all of them, actually. And if you're, of course, if you're a Kindle Unlimited subscriber, they're all free. Uh, you can get them on Audible, at least two of them. You can get two right now on Audible, which is the Tax Bomb and your Retirement and Strategic Money Planning. Both are available on Auto Audible. So if you are a uh, an Audible member, you can get them as well through there. Uh, my uh, You Can Retire on Social Security will shortly be up on Audible. We're working on that right now. Uh, if you want, to, if you do Audible and you do it through my link, which I'll put in the show notes, I do get paid. <laughs> So make sure you try to get me as rich as possible. Excellent. Um, anyway, uh, get the books online through Amazon. Kindle Unlimited is free. You get the paperbacks. Uh, I can't remember how much I charge on the paperbacks. The Kindle version for sure. And the Audible books as well. So don't forget, if you get a chance, you want some good fashion, old-fashioned reading on financial planning. Does it get any more exciting than that? Of course not. Uh, go to these websites. Uh, go to Amazon.com and type in my last name. All right. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned for the episode. All right, my friends, you need to follow Brian Westbury over at First Trust Advisors. I'll share with you the, the website here in just a second. But So I'm going back to my book. I hate to refer, keep referring to this, but this is just fundamental. It's, it's almost like when I first read Nassim Nicholas Taleb, I said, no one else is talking about that, uh, what he's talking about. No one else is talking about this. Even to this day, this book was written in 2009. Ten years later, I don't see any economists, never mind freaking financial analysts, talking about the recession, the balance sheet recessions. Um, that, it, it's just, you gotta, sorry, I'm not being very loud. It's six thirty in the morning. The sun's just barely poking out and everyone's still sleeping in Shay Scanlon. But anyway, I want to read this to you because this is freaking nuts, man. It's fundamental. So he's talking about balance sheet recessions are silent and invisible. Uh, one of those, uh, who's most aware of the problem is the CEO, but they're w the least willing to talk about it. The CEO of a company with negative net worth that is struggling to pay down debt would never discuss such matters with the public outside of this firm. This sort of talk could spark rumors that would cut off firms' access to credit and force it to settle accounts using cash. Nor can management discuss these issues with employees. The moment it was announced that the company was technically insolvent, the best employees would leave for other businesses. Uh, let's see. As a result, only a handful of people within the company know the true state of the balance sheet, financial directors, the immediate staff, and the CEO. These people want to keep the information under wraps because they know the problem will be eventually resolved as long as the company remains cash flow positive. When speaking with outsiders, they discuss only positive news such as new products or plan investment. In the meantime, they consume, they continue to pay down debt. Now, here's the critical thing. Creditors, the banks do not want to discuss these issues either. If it becomes, if it becomes known that a borrower is technically insolvent, loans extended to the company will be eventually, will be, uh, will become bad loans. And the lender will be forced by government regulators to cut off credit and to try to collect on existing loans. The bank well aware that time will solve the problem as long as the business continues to generate cash flow would naturally prefer to avoid this outcome. So the senior corporate execs and the bankers who understand the nature of the problem 
refuse to talk about it. This makes balance sheet recessions inevitable or invisible and inaudible. You don't know what's happening. So remember, if it becomes known that a borrower is technically insolvent, the government regulators will force that bank to call in their loan. That's exactly what happened, man. And to, why do we put so much faith in our federal government to solve the crises of whatever it is, the, the business cycle? That's exactly what happened in 2008 and seven. Good loans were being paid, but the regulators forced the banks to call them in because the firms were technically insolvent because the asset bubble, it popped. And so now you're sitting on so you borrowed a million bucks to buy this asset car wash. Now the car wash is worth $600,000 because the fact that the asset bubble burst, but you're still make you're still good. You still have customers. Everything's still fine. It's just, you have a, a negative net worth and now a negative net worth. The government is saying, you can't have that. we got to raise capital. we got to increase equity. And so now you're calling the loan. It's free. It's nuts. And I'm sitting there, I mean, I just, even Barney Frank knew this. That's why he started the whole thing of uh, at least suspending mark-to-market accounting. That's why I say Barney Frank saved capitalism. I, I sit there, I, I just, I, how much faith do we put in our in our betters, essentially? It's, it's insane to me. And yet, even people today on YouTube say, Josh, these people study this. They know it better than you. And I'm like, but they're wrong. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm right. It just means, why do you put so much faith in these people? It's crazy. So anyway, I want to show you something here. And I, again, I just woke up about an hour ago. So if I'm looking out of source, apologize. Follow First Trust and my man, Brian Westbury and Bob Carey. Brian Westbury is a chief economist over at First Trust. And this is the first guy who, who made me aware, essentially what now I've come to be known as the balance sheet recession and mark to market accounting. And, uh, and he was, I'm telling you, he was saying that way, way, way back before. And, and still no one talks about it. They talk about how Paulson, Geithner, Bernanke all solved, saved us from ourselves. And it's, nothing could be further from the truth. It's like saying the Federal Reserve saved us from the Great Depression or FDR saved us from the Great Depression. Nothing could be further from the truth. But Westbury saw it. He said, we are marked to market accounting. And that means when you have an asset bubble that burst, you're essentially saying you have to keep so much equity relative to uh, debt so much equity so instead of debt to equity equity to debt and now the 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 equity has fallen off a cliff because the balance sheets are blown up because the asset bubble has burst but you still have the same amount of debt so now you're in this case again debt to equity equity to debt however you want to look at it but what used to be about 80 percent debt to equity is now a 200 percent debt to equity which means you don't have any equity your net you have a negative net worth you're insolvent on a balance sheet side but you're still making your payments so now our government says, go out and make sure they raise money to pay those, uh, to get them back to being solvent. I just, you can't, but they don't have the cash to do that. So the only option is to go bankrupt. And Westberg is a guy who saw this. Uh, he saw it and, uh, and you should follow him. Um, he's a, he's a, I mean, I don't want to say he's an optimist, but he's a lot more optimistic. I mean, this is personal consumption expenditures. I mean, just, uh, Personal income rose by 0.1% in July. Wages and rise wages were rising, and consumers were spending to start the second half of 2019 on strong footing. Uh, while the 0.1% increase in personal income in July fell short of consensus estimates, incomes are up a healthy 4.6% in the last year, and up a faster 4.9% annualized over the past six months. 
and incomes would have been higher in July, but for a 1.8% decline in interest income that partially offset rising wages and salaries in the private sector. So if you're not making, if you don't have bank CDs and whatnot, you're, you're making big, your, your income has increased. It's just the lower interest rates have minimized that to some extent if you have a lot of interest income. We think recent survey softness was largely due to a trade-related headlines that temporary stoked negative sentiment, sentiment and fear and do not suggest a significant slowdown in actual production. Yeah. Uh, in other words, inflation is moving towards the target and already there under the more reliable core measure. Unfortunately, today's data uh, will probably do little to change its leanings towards cutting rates. Is a rate cut needed? Not at all. The U.S. continues to benefit from the tailwinds of tax reform and deregulation put into place over the last two years. And the economy is on track to once again grow near the fastest annual pace in more than a decade. There is no recession on the horizon and no need for government intervention. I mean, I cannot. Uh... <laughs> in other news this morning, the Chicago Purchasing Managers Index, a gauge of business sentiment, rose to 50.4 in August from 44 in July. Plugging this data into our model suggests that the National ISM uh, manufacturing Index uh, scheduled for release next Tuesday is likely to rise moderately to 50, modestly to 51.3. And so that's ISM. Anything time is over 50 is uh, considering a, I don't want to say booming, but certainly a growing economy. Anyway, so you got to read Brian Westbury. Um, those crazy, I just, oh man. I just, uh, you got to read this guy. The, the flailing Fed, exactly. Because uh, this, I mean, look, if you, if you need a, antithesis to the bear uh he's the guy now he's not again pollyanna but just the guy he just called it he knows what's going on and i look he's just he's just a human being isn't only better than you and i but uh, anyway all right i just wanted to go on that i just the idea that the government's going to save us from all i just the flailing fed i, I gotta read that I probably won't read it here right now because i gotta run out but where was that the flailing fed maybe i'll just take a gander uh for the past several years, under the leadership of Powell and Janet Yellen, the Fed claimed that it was data dependent, but the decision last week to reduce short-term rates by 25 basis points tore that narrative to shreds. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get out of here. But uh, the antidote to conventional wisdom, the first trust economics blog, you got to read it. All right. We'll see you.